Welcome to Setting Captives Free Podcast. Jesus said, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, this is our, we're getting ready to do another podcast, and this will be completing our passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verses 12 through 20, talking about uh, slavery to food and slavery to sexual immorality. Mike, welcome back. Thank you, Eric, and I always love being with you, brother, and I just was thinking before we started this podcast, you know, I, I love Jesus so much, um, and it's because he first loved me, but I also love you, and I love doing these with you as we worship together, thinking about the love of Jesus for us. Amen, and you know, it's, it's so remarkable how I didn't, we never understood uh, what love truly was until love captivated us until love took hold of us until love drew us in and set us free and continue you know and the love of Jesus continues to love us and to continues to fill us so that we are overflowing with love towards others something that we never experienced uh, when we were in bondage to our slavery to food and immorality. Right, brother? Yes, love rescued us. <laughs> love ransomed us. Love redeemed us. Love raised us up. Uh, love captured our hearts. Love crushed our hearts for our sin. Love healed our hearts. Love, it's all love, brother. <laughs> when we look at the cross, we see love, love, love. <laughs> And so now we're here to speak the truth in love uh, for the building up, right? For the building up of the body of Christ into love. And so uh, we're picking it back up in verse uh, 15. Brother, would you like to start us off there in verse 15, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 15? Okay, 1 Corinthians 6, 15. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. Mm. This is a, a shocking verse uh, to think about. You and I are parts of Christ. We are his body. Um, we are intimate with him. We are connected to him, joined together with Jesus. And should we take that which is joined with Jesus and join it with Beelzebub, with Satan, with demons, through sexual immorality? And the answer is never. And, I, and I've always loved that at the end. Never. <laughs> Don't take the members of Christ, which you are a part of now, through his resurrection power and go back, go back in any way. Don't look back on that dead body, but look forward, right? Not remember, you know, forgetting what lies behind, 
and pressing on forward with Christ, with the body who rescued you, the body that was pierced for you, the body that was raised for you, the body where you were joined in death and resurrection, power. Now, to go back? Never. Don't, don't consider it. Don't even think about going back. There is no going back. I don't want to go back. I've been delivered from the slavery, and now I'm a slave to Christ. And that's good enough. Uh, you know, it has overwhelmed me enough to where, Mike, I don't want to go back. Never. Well, if you go back, you're going back to slavery. We just talked about that in the previous podcast in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians verses uh, basically 12 through 14, where he talks about slavery to food and sex and then freedom through resurrection power of the Lord. In other words, when we die with Christ and are risen with Christ, we have a new life. And so now Paul is going to apply the gospel. He's going to apply this power and say, now look, if you've been crucified with Christ and raised with Christ, never ever should we join our resurrected selves with dead sexual immorality, dead bondage to food, slavery to sin. Never ever. This is not what our new life is about. And so he's in essence saying, don't join yourself with sin because you're already joined with Christ. You don't don't go looking around for something to join yourself to. You're already joined, connected, intimately interwoven with Jesus Christ. You are one with him so that when God the Father looks at Jesus, he sees you. When he looks at you, he sees his son. There is no difference. There's there's no daylight between us, Eric. We're joined with Jesus never to be separated again. And so this is why we don't have to look to join ourselves with food, to join ourselves with a prostitute. What are we trying to fill? Some emptiness that we supposedly have? No, we're filled to overflowing. Are we trying to find connectedness? No, we're already connected. And so we don't have to look out there to be connected when we're already connected, right? Amen, brother. I love that. And, and that is exactly what Paul is trying to, to share here, that you have been filled to overflowing. You have been connected to the power source. You have been set free. Uh, you are members of, of this new life. You are members of Christ himself. Uh, and, you know, you are set free. You are crucified with Christ and no longer live. And the life you now live is there with Christ because he now is living in you. And we are not to take the members of Christ and join them back into our idolatry, back with food, back in slavery to sexual immorality, to anything. Because we are joined and we are satisfied and we have our thirst quenched. Finally, finally, we found the place where our soul's thirst has been quenched. It's to be united with Christ and members of his body. Right, brother? Yes. And actually, he takes this analogy of connectedness or being united one step further and says it's mm -hmm. like marriage and like sexual intimacy. You see that in verse 16? 
I do, brother. You, I'll go ahead and read it there. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is, uh, is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. And, and I love that. It's absolutely uh, the connection with Christ himself is a very, um, very powerful connection. Uh, we're united with Christ. We are one with Christ in spirit. Uh, he is the groom and the church. All believers are his bride who are connected intimately with him. And so we're connected. Uh, this spiritual connection, uh, brother, is so much more powerful than any earthly connection that we can ever have. And think about for a minute what it took for us to be connected like this. Now, he's referring us back to Genesis chapter 2 when he says the two are united as one or the two become one flesh. He's referring us back to Genesis chapter 2. And when Adam and Eve, uh, you know, Adam was placed into a deep sleep and then God opened his side and took a rib out and fashioned Eve from that rib and brought her to Adam and Adam said, whoa, man or woman, <laughs> this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And he's like, wow, that's what I've been needing and what I've been missing. And, uh, and so what did it take for that union to happen? It took Adam being placed into a deep sleep and having his side open. Mm, absolutely. Think about for a minute, the mm. Lord Jesus Christ, who went to a cross and there he was standing in the sinner's place, hanging in our place. There he had taken on our condemnation. There he had assumed our sin and our guilt. There he hung in all his, our shame. He hung in our shame. And he hung on that cross until he went into the deep sleep of death. And when that happened, a Roman soldier took a spear and jabbed it into his side. His side was opened and out came blood and water, blood that forgives all who come to him, water that washes us clean and makes us new. And Eric, you and I are the bride of Christ through him being placed into a deep sleep and having his side open. We are forgiven members of Christ's bride today through his death and his resurrection. Think about what it took for you and I to be united with him like this. It took death on a cross. And, and this is why we love him. This is why we, we want to speak about him because his love flows through our veins. You know, he loved us and gave himself for us, brother. And that's that's the beauty of our intimacy with Jesus is the purchase price that it took for us to be joined with him. <laughs> what can I say to that, brother? I'm celebrating. Um, this is uh, just the beauty. I love to see that illustration in the Old Testament uh, of the cross and, uh, you know, where the purchase was made and God the Father brought Eve and to Adam. And, and I just love that, brother. This is uh, the purchase price Jesus made as he left his place in heaven, as he came to earth uh, and clothed himself in frail humanity. He took on flesh and bone. 
so that he could die on that cross with us in mind, putting our own flesh to death. I mean, what kind of love is this? It just astonishes me to think that God would love us this way, where his own son would take on flesh and bone so that he could be the perfect sacrifice, the perfect purchase, you know, made for us. Um, that his flesh would be torn to pieces yeah. on the cross and nailed there where our record was canceled and our debt paid and our sins forgiven. What kind of God would do such a thing, would love us so much, would, have, would be merciless to his own son so that we could be adopted and set free? Uh, you know, Mike, this just, how can our hearts not be overtaken? How can this tsunami of love from the cross poured out not overpower us and overtake us and flood us? And, you know, brother, it is just uh, astonishing to look at. And it's, it's a beautiful, terrible cross. Um, but it is, brings life and such unity and such power and clarity. Um, it's, I don't, you know, sometimes I'm lost for words, brother. Well, I was having a really hard time listening to you because <laughs> that kind of love crushes me and it wounds my heart. And I look on him whom I pierced and I mourn for him and I mourn for my sin that put him there. Mm. But you know, we go beyond mourning to mm. the healing that comes <laughs> through the wounds which he received as he was on the cross. He was wounded from head to toe, Eric. Mm. And those wounds were given to him as a gift to us to heal us from our past. To replace shame with glory to replace fear with power and courage and love and a sound mind and eric it's just sometimes too much to take in and you know you described it as a tsunami a tsunami overtakes and overwhelms and it puts to death and all those things happen to us as we look at the cross where our old self is put to death because we're overwhelmed by the love of God to send his son to die. We're overwhelmed by the love of God who gave Jesus to suffer. You know, he didn't only suffer physically. I mean, yes, he was wounded from head to toe, but he suffered spiritually because he was under God's wrath. He, his internals was made an offering for sin. His soul and so Satan was railing out at him from below and God was raining down wrath from above and the evil crowd on both sides were hurling insults at him. And he went through this, Eric, because he loves us, hmm. because his heart was breaking with passion for you and I. And so he couldn't stay in heaven. His love took him from heaven to earth to a cross. 
because he wanted to rescue you, brother. He wanted to release you from your chains. He wanted to break the power of canceled sin and set you free. And so what did he do? He came and gave up his life and shed his blood and breathed his last breath Mm. because of his love. And brother, when you look at that kind of love, you want to do what verse 18 says to do. You want to run from sexual sin. Yes. You don't want anything more to do with it. You become nauseous at the thought of it. That which I used to love, that which I used to plan my day around, that which I used to to crave, I now hate it. What happened, Eric? I saw my Savior die, and, Mm. and I saw his blood shed. And, and I saw him breathe out his last breath. And so I'm not going to sit around and have a discussion with sexual immorality. I'm not going to have a, well, I don't think I should do that. Well, come on, it's for you. Well, you know, Jesus, no, just get out, right? Well, this is actually a battle strategy that the church has, is to run from sexual sin. And the only thing that gives us power and desire to do that, brother, is the crucifixion of Christ that fills our hearts with love. And we want to run. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against our own body. Yes, it's a sin against our own body. It's also a sin against the crucified Christ who loved us unto death and back. That's why I don't want to do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amen, brother. That was phenomenal. I loved everything you said. And, you know, the church today tells us to run from immorality and keep running. But where are we running to? We are to run to the cross. We are to run to the purchase place. We are to run to the place that satisfies and fills us and continues to fill us to overflowing and where we receive the spirit from, you know, that's where we run to. We don't just run from, we are to run to, run to the place where our souls are anchored, run to the place of stability, run to the place of freedom purchased for you. The purchase price was a dear one. It cost God something. It cost him his only beloved son to be lifted up. The drawing agent where Jesus said, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And if he's drawing all men to himself, then they are being lifted up and out and set free from their slavery. When they look, when they look at the lamb lifted for them, when they look at Jesus, the Lamb of God, who is taking away the sins of the world through his shed blood. He's cleansing me and making me whole and making me white as snow. He is removing all sin from me. He is clothing me in righteousness and making me a slave to his righteousness. Mike, this is why our hearts are overwhelmed. This is what keeps us because we're united now. We are united with the body. We are united with the head. We are united with the lover of our soul. He loved us out of our sin. 
And, you know, this love stabilizes us continually and daily. And this is why we go there. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God, who you've received the overflowing love of God has given you his spirit, you know, and his spirit is pouring out like rivers because his blood poured out like a river to cleanse us and to forgive us. And now the spirit lives in us and overwhelms us and overflows out of us the love of God to the world. And this is what keeps us stable and secure. And anyway, brother, um, I just love worshiping uh, and sharing this with you, hoping that just one more heart is looking with us and one more heart is overwhelmed and one more heart receives uh, God's spirit that will lift them up and, and free them and, and then desire to go out and share this powerful message of love with the rest of the world. You know, when you talked about looking for just one more heart to be set free, one more heart to be cut and healed at the cross, that's how we know that Jesus would have come to this earth for only you, for only me. Because we have his spirit within us that tells us, look, look, look for one person who has ruined it all, for one person who the spirit has made known their sinfulness. Look for them and go give them this message that's going to change their life, that's going to give them a new heart, going to give, fill them with hope and fill them with love, fill them with joy. Go give them this. But, you know, you talked about verse 19, where our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. But again, I, I like to think about what did it take for mm-hmm. you and I to have our bodies be the temple, that is the place where the Spirit of God lives. You know what it took? In the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, it talks about the temple becoming Ichabod, which meant that the glory had departed. And -hmm. Jesus came and described his own body as a temple because, of course, God lived in Christ in all his fullness. But on the cross, that temple became Ichabod, Mm -hmm. um, meaning that the glory of God had departed his son. Why? So that you and I, Eric, so that everyone who believes, anyone, no matter their past, no matter the sin they've done, can right now be infilled, can be indwelt by the Spirit of God, so that you and I would be the temple of the living God. Jesus became Ichabod so that you and I would receive the Spirit of God. How do we do that? We, We do it by looking at the cross. And by putting faith in what we see transacting there, our sin going to Jesus, his righteousness coming to us, our failures being placed on Christ, his victory being given to us, our shame covering our Lord, his glory coming to us. As we believe that message, Eric, we're infilled, we're indwelt by the Spirit of God. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He said that because he was going away from them, but he said, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to send you the counselor. My father and I will live in you. And we are temples now of the Holy Spirit. And Eric, according to verse 20, 
which is where you've been longing to get since we started this podcast. <laughs> According to verse 20, how did we get to be the temple, Eric? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Thank you, brother. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You know, and this is how we are able to do it. The Holy Spirit, whom we've been given, just as you, as you said, brother, the one who will be given, the one who will, will remind you and teach you all things. Brother, this is why when we go to man, we're not going to be reminded. Uh, if they don't have the message of the cross, we're not going to. What are they going to remind us of? <laughs> They're not going to remind us the things that the Spirit is going to remind us of. That is that Jesus purchased us with a price. Uh, we're not going to be taught. Uh, by the Holy Spirit through man, because the Holy Spirit is coming to remind us and to teach us. And where is he taking us, brother? He's taking us right back to the place where we received him, the place of purchase, of the place of freedom, the transaction that you so well said, brother, uh, the greatest exchange that ever took place in this world was at the cross. And it is overwhelming to consider, and I'm just hoping, and we're longing for someone to listen, for someone to look by faith at the cross with us, that they might be, that they might uh, meet their own death in Christ, that they might rise with Christ and experience. Brother, the Christian life is an experience of power. And we want one more heart to experience this purchase price given, you know, where the exchange happened, where Jesus, it was as if he were the one that did all the wrong. He was treated that way for us so that we could be treated as sons and daughters, so that we could be treated as if we've never sinned, but we know we have. We know that Jesus went so down deep into death because our sins were so grievous to God and they had to be punished. There had to be a price paid. And friend, look at the cross with us and see it clearly so that you can believe by faith and be finally freed. Can you see how you won't receive this from man if they don't have this message? Can you see how it's a waste of time to go listen to any teaching that's void of the cross? Can you see how it would be hopeless and, and you know, you would have to go over and over again to learn some new teaching? But if it's void of this very power, if it's void of the remembrance and the teaching of the Holy Spirit applied to your heart, how it's just a waste of time and worthless? Oh, friend, look at the cross with us and be healed. Look at the cross with us and be lifted up. Look at the cross with us and, and fall on your knees as Thomas looked at Jesus' hands and wounds and fell down into worship. Brother, I think we're coming to an end. We're running out of time once again, brother, but can you close us? Uh, with a comment, possibly, if you have another one, which I know you probably do, and then close us in prayer. Yes. For God bought you with a high price, the death of his own son. 
remember in the book of Hosea, where Hosea's wife, Gomer, was involved in sexual immorality, sleeping with other men. And God told Hosea to go and purchase her. And he took shekels of silver and barley, and he went and made a purchase price to take his wife back and said, now live with me many days in holiness, in righteousness, in purity. Eric, can you imagine how Gomer, Hosea's wife, must have felt? Here mm -hmm. I sinned against my husband. Here I united myself with another man or several men, and he comes and pays a price for me. I'm worthless. I'm not worth the barley oats that he paid. Yet he loves me, and he, mm -hmm. he gave a, paid a price for me. Of course she would go back with him. Of course she would live with him in purity the rest of her days. Eric, look at the cross. We united ourselves with sexual immorality, with slavery, to so many different things. And God loved us and paid a price for us. I was worthless, brother. I had no value. Hmm. And yet, he came and gave his best. For me, his worst, he came and paid the price of blood, not barley, hmm. but blood, not silver, but his own flesh, his body. He paid, Eric, he bought you, brother. He gave up his life as a price that was, according to scripture, high. Oh, yeah, it was high. It was out of this world. It was so high. If someone's listening right now, and they say, I'm worthless. I've gone out and united myself with a prostitute. I've become enslaved to food. I've offered myself in slavery to something else. Well, I want you to know right now that you're worth something to God. Hmm. That he paid for you with the blood of his own son. Don't you ever again say that you're worthless. Because that's saying that the sacrifice was worthless. Mm. No, now you're useful to him. He loved you unto death and back. He purchased you with his own blood. Father in heaven, we're like Hosea's wife, Gomer. And we, we look up to you and we say, how could you love us? Why did you love us? We were worthless in our sin. And yet here you came with a high price, a price of blood, the body of your own son, to purchase us, to take us to be yours, to unite us with your son, to join us together with him. And Lord, somebody's listening to this right now and they have a sin consciousness. They're thinking about their past. They're thinking about the wrongs they've done. Lord, instead, give them a righteousness consciousness where they look up at the cross and they see, oh, miracle of all miracles, my sin is gone. My shame is gone. My guilt is gone. It died. It's covered in blood. It's atoned for. And I am wearing a robe of righteousness now. I have received a gift of holiness. Oh, Lord, cause them to wear it with great joy to parade around in their new attire, the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ paid for at a high price. The 
body and blood of the Lord Jesus and help them to rejoice and to run from any slavery and to run to the cross of Christ and to be overwhelmed by your love for them there. And this I ask in Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.